Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to Scram, the podcast passionate about the Scottish food and drink scene. I'm your host, Rosalind Erskine, and it's finally here, the first of our Christmas specials. This is my favourite time of the year, and we love getting out and about to talk to businesses and producers about all things Christmas. How they're preparing, what it entails, recommendations, tips and tricks, we've got it all. Across our two Christmas episodes, I look at the option of dining out on Christmas Day with a trip to One Devonshire Gardens by Hotel Duvan, Glasgow. I investigate some of the best food and drink gifts available with long-established retailers Favona Crolla and Mellis Cheese. I also get tips for cocktail making and boozy gifts this year from the Good Spirits Company, based in Glasgow. Each year we highlight the good work of a charity operating in Scotland. This year I met with some of the team at The Big Issue to hear more about how they help people experiencing or at risk of homelessness. It just lifts your spirits, you know, and the kids who are involved, they care, you know, they want to do something, they want to show that they understand what is going on and sometimes they get to the heart of it much quicker. Also there's a lot of dinosaurs with Santa hats on. (laughs) The entries are phenomenal. But back to today, my first stop in this episode is the longest operating Italian deli in the UK, Edinburgh's Valvona and Crolla. When I visited there, I interviewed owners Mary Quintini and her daughter Francesca about the amazing array of food, drink and more that they source from Italy all year round. They tell me all about the history of the business and give me some suggestions around gifts this Christmas. You're going to be dropping hints left, right and centre after hearing this interview. I'm now joined by Mary and Francesca and we're here in Valvona and Crowley in Edinburgh. Hello both, how are you? Very good, thank you. All Great, good. thank you. So we're going to talk a little bit about Christmas, but before we start, could we just go to Mary first and could you tell us a little bit about the history of the shop in Delhi for anyone that doesn't know? Okay, well this is Valvona and Crowley, we founded in 1934 and uh, next year will be our 90th anniversary of the same shop. Italian produce. On top of the shop it says continental produce and that's where we're at. We bring in product from Europe but also from Scotland, from England. We're very privileged we supply cheese to His Majesty the King so we do that but we also have customers over three generations that come and visit us. Some from uh, that have left and come back and are so happy that we're still here and others that come every day and hang out which is great. 
So we're upstairs in the cafe, but obviously downstairs there's the shop and the deli. And when we were surrounded by such lovely, colourful produce, have you seen like a big shift in consumer behaviour over the last however many years? Well, I've worked in the business the last 40 years and now Francesca and Olivia have taken over. When we started out, Philip, who's the grandson of Alfonso Crolla that started the business, we introduced the real Italian wines, really good olive oil, fantastic cheeses, but also we're telling, teaching people, so we had a lot of cookery demonstrations and wrote books and things just to tell people how to use the products. Now, because of people like Stanley Tucci and Elizabeth David, people now know how to cook Italian food and are looking for really the best ingredients. So we're very lucky that we've got, we know where to find what people want. It's funny to think there was a time when you had to, you'd have to introduce people to like olive oil and the cheese. And oh, it's, it's amazing. I remember introducing people to basil. <laughs> Francesca was a baby and we, we went on holiday to Liguria and we were tasting fresh basil for the first time and we're bringing it back. And so we, we found a company, a farm in Fife that would grow it for us. And we used to sell like 200 basil plants a week. So everyone thought, what's this thing? And if you think now, basil's such an important part of Italian cooking. So yeah, we've, we've gone on our journey with our customers, with our friends now, actually. And it's, it's great. It's really nice. It must be nice to see the different generations of people coming in because you don't get that often anymore, especially in like a, an actual in-person store. We're the oldest, the oldest surviving Italian delicatessen in the UK. And so many have just not been able to continue. And we're very fortunate, Francesca's very fortunate that they want, the girls want to carry on and, and continue. And to be honest, I think the customers are fortunate too, because I think they love being here as much as we love serving them. So it's a lucky, it's hard work though. It's not all fun, is it? <laughs> the, the fun outweighs the, the stress of running the business and to share the joy with the customers and to get the feedback. It's like a, a wee feedback loop that we've got going on for four <laughs> generations. <laughs> so that kind of brings us on to Christmas, talking about joy and foods. We're surrounded by lots of lovely produce uh, that you're obviously selling for Christmas and beyond. And I'm annoyed because it's payday tomorrow. <laughs> oh, we do delivery service to Glasgow. Oh, well, that's good to know. Thank you. <laughs> so can you talk us through a little bit about, you know, buying for Christmas and what people can expect? So so Christmas is the most exciting time of the year in the shop and we buy for what we want to eat ourselves and for what we want to give as gifts ourselves. So it's really a, a personal expression of our personalities, whether that's good or bad. Obviously on the fresh produce side, we've got uh, cheese coming out our ears. It's fantastic. We've got the deliciously ripe gorgonzolas and all the meats, prosciutto di parma, San Daniele, all the different salamis, all the different cuts of meat that everybody wants specifically for their Christmas to be perfect. We've got our fantastic Campo Filone handmade egg dried pasta, which is the closest thing that you can get to your nonna making homemade pasta on Christmas Day. And I'm not going to say this out loud, but I think it's better than that. Better than mine. We've got our fresh fruit and vegetables. They arrive weekly from the Milan market and they'll be keeping coming right the way up until Christmas so you can get your best fresh buffalo mozzarella, all your Italian tomatoes, your grilled peppers for your Christmas antipasti. So we've got everything covered from a fresh food perspective. So that's fresh basil, that's, that's from the fresh basil 
originally that's where we started to go to the markets ourselves and bring produce across which was never been done before and actually very few people do it now but it just makes such a difference when you've got real Italian ingredients in terms of radicchio or pepperoni, puntarelli, lots of things that you'll see on the travel programmes. We have a lovely wicker basket that's got what looks like a ginormous red pepper, some... That's scarola, so it's a lettuce. And then this radicchio, which is amazing, it comes from Venice only for two months of the year at Christmas time. And if you grill that with olive oil, it's just delicious. Nice. So it's like a purple leaved. Yes, like a salad, but it's a bitter salad. And this is another one, puntarelli, which is um, traditional in Rome at this time of year. And you serve that with an anchovy and garlic sauce, which is a flavour that you just can't believe how brilliant it is. And it's so easy to make. We also have the machine to to clean the puntarelli, so we do all the bits and pieces. <laughs> so it looks like a, a bunch of, oh no, it's all together like green. It's bitter green, it's got, this, it's got a hard, it's almost like a fennel texture, but it's got this bitter flavour. And a lot of the vegetables in, from Italy at this time of year, and in Scotland, so things like kale, they've got bitterness, which is really good for your liver, if you're going to be drinking a bit more Tignanello. <laughs> <laughs> that's good to know. <laughs> We've also got, are they courgette flowers? Yes. And that, that's unusual because usually they would only be for a certain time of year. But now in Italy, they're using polytunnels to extend the market. But they're very, you know, eco-friendly and you can stuff them with ricotta and basil or anchovies. And we love anchovies in our family. And deep fry them. We do also sell books that are current at the moment with Italian food. So we've got Stanley Tucci here, who we love. And he'll take us, if you're not sure how to cook, you can read my books, or which is called Dear Francesca, or you can read Stanley Tucci. <laughs> nice, so that's, that's really interesting to know because, I'm not going to lie, I probably wouldn't have been able to know what this was or what this was. So it's good that you know, people who want to have genuine Italian ingredients at Christmas can come in and get that. And you deliver that across... Yeah, we deliver across the UK and we're delivering right up until Christmas. So you can place your orders now for delivery just before Christmas. So we've got everything in peak condition for you for your Christmas table. And this might be a bit of a daft question, but are you finding more and more people are going to Italian flavours and things for Christmas rather than sort of traditional? Well, our customers are because we've, we've persuaded them. But I think people mix, so they'll have, you know, we, we're actually having roast beef and Yorkshire pudding, but we're having, first of all, antipasto, then our pasta, then roast beef and Yorkshire pudding, and then we're having Italian vegetables. So, you know, we do, we do the whole thing. We're not going to miss out on anything. <laughs> <laughs> and why not? <laughs> um, so we talk a little bit about the, the not fresh produce. So we've got a bit more gifting options here. Am I right in saying that, that the, your coffee pot and this little tin, is that um, Dolce & Gabbana? Yes, yeah, so it, it's um, Dolce & Gabbana branded Bialetti and the spaghetti is Gragnano spaghetti and it's double the size of normal spaghetti. It's absolutely delicious. And also little panettone. So it's, if you can't quite get to your Dolce & Gabbana dress or you want to kill it completely with having a whole kilo of spaghetti, <laughs> we're the place to come to. So it's just, it's just some fun and a wee bit of bling for your Christmas treats. We also have La Perla, but chocolates not underwear, so you can you can <laughs> you can tease somebody with a bit of Dolce and Gabbana and La Perla, and perhaps they'll be disappointed when they get their spaghetti and chocolates. <laughs> no, definitely not. I think it's um, it's it's a way to because it's instantly recognisable the print, so it's a way to sort of 
you know, someone is a fashion person but also a foodie. It's really great. And also I can see a panettone, which is my favourite. Do you want to sort of tell us a bit about them? When I first started working in the shop, we used to have panettones from all the different brands across Italy because that was the fashion. But then we discovered that most of those maybe had been made in bulk as, as you know, mass production took over and we felt we needed to find something that was specifically ours so again we went to the north of Italy to where the panettone come from, found a small producer and that was about maybe 25 years ago or even longer and they've been supplying us ever since. So now we get, I don't know, 20, 30 pallets of panettone but it's so delicious because it's made specially for us, it's in season, it's fresh. We'll let you taste it in a wee minute, it's just so good. <laughs> so also I can see, I know a little bit about Panaforti, so I really like Nigel Slater and Nigella Lawson, and I feel like they're always in and out of Italian delis in London, and you think, I don't really know what this is, but I know about this, so this is like a Christmassy thing from Siena, is that right? Uh-huh, that's anyone that doesn't know. So just to let you know that Nigella and Nigel Slater have been in and out of here lots of times oh, as well, so that's <laughs> that's really nice, so we, we've, we've over the years we've met them and we know them but the other the other thing about the panforte it's made of dry fruits and nuts and and again we make we buy it in season so it's very fresh we've also got this funny thing that you've heard of the 40th scotland street from the scotsman so sandy mccall smith has had balvon and crowler featured in scotland street since he started and Bertie comes and buys the pan 40, so that I mean it's just a complete circle. But this year, there's a Scotland Street cookbook, which is brilliant if you've not seen it, and we'll be selling that, but all our customers, even customers come from America, to find out if Bertie's been here and cooking from the cookbook. They're not quite sure whether Bertie's real or we're real. They think <laughs> Bertie's more likely to be real than us, because we're a bit more unusual even than Bertie. <laughs> So that's lovely that that's happened over the years. So I think that's the nice thing about being an older company, that we've got this layers of of history and layers of things that build up um, on top of each other. And legacy as well, it's nice. It's lovely. Well, the other thing's the wine, because we've got, when that was one of the things Philip did when we started developing the company, he started to, he sold off all the French wine that we had. And I think we had some really good French wine, but he did a big sale just about 30 years ago, and he decided only to sell Italian wine. And that was a huge thing in the UK because no one had done that. And everyone's thinking, Italian wine is rubbish. But actually, Italian wine wasn't rubbish. And they've developed the Super Tuscans and all the big names. So the most famous one's Tignanello. A little lady called Meghan Markle loves this. And she, you know, you've heard of the TIG. So this is her thing, but we've stopped this for the last 30 years, we've got lots and lots of vintages of it laid down. For somebody that you want to have something precious or for a, an anniversary or something, it's a great thing. So we can do everyday things and big things as well. So as Francesca says, we just sell what we like to drink. <laughs> <laughs> so can you tell us some, about some of the other things that aren't food and drink related? Yeah, so my passion at the moment is ceramics. So we've got a ridiculous amount of Sicilian ceramics from a a producer Decimone and we've been buying from them for many years. It's all hand painted and these amazing vibrant colours that just bring back the colour of the sea and the sun in in Sicily Um, and every year I get a little bit more excited and I buy a little bit more stock and I think I've outdone myself this year. So we've got a fantastic range of huge big urns and lovely vases and uh, display plates, but also just little things like if you want a little uh, tile or a wee trivet to pop your spoon and give you a wee bit of sunshine while you're cooking. 
we've got an amazing selection at the moment. We've also got some beautiful smellies from Ortigia, which is another Sicilian producer, and they do beautiful olive oil-based soaps and uh, room diffusers and lovely hand washes and beautiful glass bottles. So we've got all sorts of gifty things for giving a special gift to other people, but we also do the, the other end of the range if you just want a little treat for yourself as well. I know they do really good hand cream. My mum's brought some back before and it's like the smell is unbelievable. So it's just incredible. You can so tell exotic. that what we, what we do is go to Italy a lot, find what we like. And instead of just buying a couple in the gift shop, we phone the supplier and we'll take a pallet. Because <laughs> I reckon if you buy one for yourself and then sell the pallet, it's, that's a good deal. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about some Italian Christmas traditions that you have? Well, we're basically Catholic families, so what, what we do is we, we used to, when we were younger, do fasting for a day before Christmas, but we don't do that anymore. But what we'll do traditionally is have a fish dish on Christmas Eve, because you don't eat meat before your big Christmas Mass. Go to always go to Mass on, on Christmas Day, because that's our tradition. And then we will come back and basically eat non-stop. But things that we make that are particular for Christmas are things like krustela, which are very fine pasta ribbons, but with flavoured with a little bit of sugar and some marsala wine. And we make them like a ribbon and deep fry them, and they go all crispy and sprinkle sugar on them. So I remember my grandmother taught me to make them, which are lovely. And then we do things like crispelle, which are little dough balls, and they can be stuffed with uh, salt cod, dried salt cod, which sounds horrible, but it's delicious, or with apple, or my mum makes them with pear or apples, which are very nice. So just nibbly things that are different. So most of our traditions are around food, you can tell. <laughs> but we'll have panettone and then Christmas pudding and then crustilla, and then panforte, <laughs> and then ice cream, because we have to have ice cream, because we're ice cream people to start with. And then we'll start again the next day. <laughs> and what about Christmas opening? Are you open right up till Christmas Eve? or? So we close at four o'clock sharp on Christmas Eve, and we'll all be out the door, and then we close on Christmas Day and Boxing Day, because we feel that it's really important for everybody to have time with family and just to stop and and reflect and be grateful for our experience that we get to share together. We strongly believe that spending time with people that are close to you over Christmas is essential. We'll be open again on the 27th. (laughs) You do tastings and classes here, so can you tell us a bit more about them in case anyone wants to sort of gift that? Yes, so we have a fantastic calendar of wine tastings and wine and food dinners throughout the year. So they are hosted by Francesco, who is our fantastic wine buyer and has got a fantastic palette for Italian wine and does everything from basic introductions to different grape varieties to really quite intense specialised tastings on Super Tuscans or Barolo or Barbaresco. So we do the whole range throughout the year. Generally, we start in the south of Italy, so we normally start with our Sicilian tastings and then work our way up north, so we, f- we finish up on the, the Super Tuscan tastings at the end of the year. We've also got our, our iconic fungi foray that happens in September, and it's happened every year for, what, 30 years now, where 
we take an intrepid group of people to a secret location in Scotland to search for mushrooms with a specialist mycologist so that we don't have any accidents. But that's super exciting and always is brilliant when everybody comes back to the shop afterwards with their big baskets full of all sorts of different things that you wouldn't expect to, to find in a, a Scottish wood. And just this year, because it's our 90th anniversary, we're doing a mushroom bible with Berlin Publishing, so we're going to write a book all about mushrooms. And I did tell them that we would only use mushrooms that don't kill you, which is quite a good, <laughs> good starting point. Uh, well, thank you very much. This is a lovely produce and gifts, and I um, hope you guys have a good Christmas. You thank too. You very much. Buon Natale. Thank you. <laughs> Christmas is a time for spending time with loved ones, much more about giving than the receiving, I would say. At this time of the year, here on Scran, we like to highlight the work of a charity who are making a difference in people's lives all year round and tell you how you can get involved. This year, we went to visit The Big Issue, where we spoke to members of the team as well as one of their vendors to hear about their work. First up, I sat down with editor Paul McNamee to hear about how it all came about and what the purpose and aim of The Big Issue is. I'm in the Big Issue office with editor Paul McNamee. Hi Paul, how are you? I'm very well, how are you? Good, yeah, thanks. Before we get into sort of Christmas campaigns and how you support vendors, could you tell us a bit about your background and how long you've been here? I've been here a very long time, over a decade. More than that, I worked in local newspapers in Northern Ireland. Then I set up a music magazine with Colin Murray. Then we sort of went our separate ways. I went to the NME, was there for a while in London and then subsequently some other newspapers. Uh, and then some time ago, the big issue in Scotland was looking for a deputy editor and the guy who's chief exec then asked if I'd come over and try and do some stuff. And I said, yes. Yeah. So I came then uh, and then stayed and became editor in Scotland. And then sometime later, there used to be loads of different regional editions. So there was Scotland, Wales, South of England, uh, North of England and so on and each had their own editorial team and editor and and so on. But it was, you know, that was so ridiculous really when the industry was changing so much and it was difficult and expensive. So the big issue amalgamated all the editions again. I became editor, the UK editor then about 10, 11 years ago. And then subsequent to that, we have built this one national edition, one edition right across the country from the top to the bottom. And it's been part of our sort of social landscape for a very long time. But for anyone that doesn't know, could you just explain how The Big Issue works? Yes, it's very straightforward. The Big Issue is a, a, a device for people who um, are either homeless, at risk of homelessness, or in extreme poverty and, and fear what's coming next. And it's a means for them to make a living. And it, it, that's the starting point. It was launched in 1991 by John Bird and Gordon Ruddock. Gordon Ruddock, husband of the late Anita Ruddock, who formed the body shop they put money in. John Bird was the founder, the founding editor. And the the intention with the, the, the title then was that it would be a magazine produced largely by professional journalists to be sold on the street by those who have described. Those people come to us and they buy the magazine for half the cover price, then they sell it and the difference is their income. Now, at the time that it was launched, there were no other titles like that. People thought it was a ludicrous idea. It was such a revolutionary thing to do. And of course, subsequently, there's been such a shift on how the industry works that, first of all, newspaper sellers in the street 
have disappeared. But uh, there was a, a rash of free and freemium magazines that started to take up Big Issue space, but they've fallen away, and Big Issue remains really the significant print media product on the street. There, there's so many different bits to the, the Big Issue now. For instance, there's Big Issue Invest, which has grown to be this social investment vehicle that takes money from either high net worth individuals or from organisations who want to invest for social good so that their money doesn't just deliver a return financially but delivers a return for the good of society. So Big Issue Invest does that. There's Big Issue Recruit, which looks to offer people who have been out of the jobs market and have had barriers put in their way to finding work, ways to get back into it. Um, there's things like the Big Issue Shop, Big Issue Online has grown, but the, the heart of what Big Issue is remains the magazine because that's, you know, it's our front-facing thing. It's what people recognise us for. And particularly at Christmas, you know, that is where every bit of our efforts are going to make sure it's the the best that it can be, that it gives those who are selling it a fighting chance to make a living and then that they'll return next year. So we're sitting in an office here and you've got lots of framed awards. And so it's, I'm not just saying this because I get the big issue. It's a very, very, very good magazine, good journalism. As things have changed from my experience, you know, things go online, they go digital, staff yeah. get cut, things get... This is still a very quality product. So people who don't know it and haven't read it should pick it up. Not should. Just... Thank you for saying that. <laughs> when I took over, there was a, a sense, a growing sense, that it was something of a pity purchase. My desire was to make people, if they're going to part with their money, make it worth it. So they know that there's good coming because they're giving it to the vendor, but they also know that they've got something in it. Getting the right people into right, finding the right subjects, getting the right sense of what it was, that was really important to me and it has remained important. And I wanted to make it part of the national conversation, not just, you know, the, the medium is the message in a lot of ways. So the, the fact that it is a big issue and you buy it on the street, that's important. But also the message in the, the between the pages is important as well. So. I had to find a way to make people want to read it to either get angry with the situation that they find the world in and want to do something to change it, be amused, maybe just like some of the pictures, work with, find something out about the vendors. I had to find elements that would make the product worthwhile, not just here's some money and I'm not going to read it. And that has extended to um, online. We, we have grown BigIssue.com from really, really tiny place to now we're close to a million uniques a month. Going back to Christmas, how do you support vendors especially at Christmas time? What we try and do is make sure that if you come to sell the magazine first of all I think that's a brave step because it, it's two things. One, it's an admittance that you need help to get back somewhere. And two you're going to stand out in the street and you're going to face either people who are reluctant to interact with you or just downright angry and rude and throw abuse at you. So the, the very fact that somebody is prepared to do that means they're worth not just our support, but our ongoing hug. So we will do everything we can from the moment they come in to the moment they decide it's no longer for them. And then frequently beyond that, actually, to help them. Now that help can come in teaching them how to sell, you know, some basic sales training, how to interact with people, because a lot of people come with very, a lot of potential vendors come with very, difficult, complex needs. So we try and help them either find a way to go back into society or support services that can help deal with those complex needs. We make sure if they need help with access to bank accounts, if they need help potentially to access some benefits, that there are people within Big Issue who can bring that to them. So there's a sense of wraparound care always for vendors. It's not just a matter of 
in you come, out you go. There's a very personal relationship between the frontline team and each of the vendors. They, they know them well, they know their needs. At Christmas, this becomes concentrated because two things. One, at Christmas time, any publication will tell you hey, that's a time that you will sell a lot more copies. So we try and make sure that we give the vendors the best chance they have to make as much money as they can in that period so it can sustain them when it's maybe a little more difficult to sell. And we also do other things because people want to support more. We will sell more copies at Christmas, more people come to us. We have the winter support pack. Now every year we try and find some initiative that will allow people who want to help a means to help individual vendors. So the winter support pack this year, for instance, which is $34.99, it allows people to get both a number of magazines, which is important, so they get four mags. They will buy some simple things like a hat and, and other warm weather gear for their vendor. They will, I think within that as well, they, they can get a hot drink for the vendor as well. So you, you get a sense that each person is getting something that's worthwhile for them and we're bringing readers in. And that's important. And also it's good for the vendor because they see that it goes beyond just the, the sale of the magazines. But I would also say to all your listeners, if you see a vendor on the street, even if you're not going to buy the magazine in that moment, why wouldn't you? But if you're not, if you don't have cash on you or you don't have card, just stop and chat to the vendor because you don't know the last time somebody did. You don't know the last time it meant to have any kind of human interaction. It could be the thing that changes their day very positively. So just stop and speak. And if you can, buy the magazine, take it home. That sounds really good and it'd be a good Christmas present. So if people want to do that, how can they get involved? They can go to bigissue.com. All the details are there. It will take them through to... Whichever aspect they want to go to, they can either go to the winter support pack and immediately buy. They can direct it to specific vendors. We have a vendor map that allows you to say, well, this is this is my local vendor. I want to make sure that they get this at this time of year. And you can click on it. It'll take it to there. You can subscribe. So there's loads of means of doing this quite quickly and, and in a very straightforward way. Just go to bigissue.com. And can you tell us a bit about your Christmas cover competition? Yes, this is great. Every year we run a competition and we invite kids who are 13 and under to design a Christmas cover. Through the period of Christmas, we have five main Christmas editions. We go up in pagination, we go up a little in price, it's 450 rather than £4, that's so the vendors can make more money. And one of those is a cover that's designed by the kids of Britain. We tend to come up with a theme, this year it's welcome, and we just send it out into the world and say, right... Let's see what you come up with. The competition entries are remarkable. I mean, remarkable. Every year you think, we're not going to get much this year. And every year it just blows you away, knocks your socks off. It goes up to about 1,500 entries some years. There's always a lot of glitter as well. So <laughs> it, it just lifts your spirits, you know. And the kids who are involved, they care. You know, they want to do something. They want to show that they understand what is going on. And sometimes they get to the heart of it much quicker. Also, there's a lot of dinosaurs with Santa hats on. <laughs> the entries are phenomenal. We tend to have a guest judge every year. This year, it's Oliver Jeffers, the, the great kids author and illustrator, who will be giving tips and also judging and helping us choose the winner. What are you doing for Christmas? I'm working until we are done. And then on Christmas Day, I am probably going to go to my in-law's house and cook I think there's nobody else available, so I will be doing that. My kids are a bit older now, so we don't have to get up quite so early. I will be preparing some of the food the night before. <laughs> In the morning, I'm going to take it over and I'm going to leave really strict instructions on what is to be done. Mostly, don't touch anything until I get back. 
Then I'll go home and make sure the dog's all right and then take everybody over and sort out the dinner. That's good because we've just had a chef say the best thing you can do is preparation. So yeah, yeah. you're doing it right. Oh, thank you. And <laughs> <laughs> now you want to add? We work throughout the year to try and make sure that we have a, a product that is worth buying to support our vendors. I appreciate you taking the time and I encourage all your readers to go out just get the magazine now and keep supporting us through the year. It really makes a difference every single sale. Thank you very much. Thank you. Downstairs in the distribution centre, I met Matthew Costello, who's a vendor outreach worker, and Deborah Prow, who's a sales outreach worker, to hear more about the practical support they provide to people at risk of experiencing homelessness. We've come downstairs in the big issue offices to the distribution centre. Over in the corner, we've got loads and loads of really cosy looking scarves and hats and gloves, which is donations. It's also where vendors will come to pick up their copies. So we've got like newspaper style bags that you would, if you ever did a newspaper round, you would know you would know them, red bags, which obviously will have the magazine in them. So vendors come here to pick up their bags, is that right? So certainly the, the vendors will pick up the magazines in the other wee office bit in there uh, and Deborah and Sabrina will, will sell them bags and I'll, if the vendors are needing any support they'll come through here and I'll speak to myself uh, and I'll give them a wee bit of in-depth support with stuff. I'd be a part of the sales and outreach team um, so it's direct sales, pitches, um, any additional support then I'd transfer that over to somebody like Matt who works in the hands-up service of EU sales status, benefits, you name it and Matt's hit with that task to try and help. So the hand-up service is like an in-depth vendor-centred service that we offer and just like Deborah was saying there, we kind of cover all sorts of things and it could be from housing, it could be from reading documents to them, it could be helping them with their, their benefits and we also do like a hand-up fund where we can offer some financial support on certain items for them. I mean, it covers a whole host of things. It could be just sitting and having a chat with them or going to grab a coffee with some of the vendors outside um, or even buying them a sandwich. So, yeah. I think recently, sorry, a good um, sort of an example of the hands-up services with a couple of rough sleepers. So people that are homeless, they're on the streets, they've got no source of, sort of benefits or anything, they've no access to homeless service yet. And thankfully, we've put them in touch with Matt. Um, Matt's then been able to act, access the hands-up service. So he's maybe got them a backpack, he's got them a sleeping bag and stuff like that. So at least they have something to kind of support them while they're on the streets because uh, some people, are literally coming in with nothing. We headed out to visit Brigitta, one of the vendors who works with The Big Issue on a pitch outside Marks and Spencer's on Argyll Street in Glasgow. So is this time of the year particularly difficult for vendors? I mean, certainly the, the weather itself is challenging. We do get a number of vendors that will come in and try and access the hand-up service. But yeah, I mean, winter's always difficult. It's cold, it's wet, it's damp. So vendors trying to access various services can also be difficult because there's also a lot of people at this time wanting to access different services. So we'll try and do our best to signpost them to the correct places. Because also a lot of our vendors do have families and a lot of them will have kids as well. So, I mean, it's incredibly difficult, especially with the cost of living crisis that's ongoing and especially with the fuel situation, the energy crisis as well. As part of the hand-up service, we can offer fuel vouchers to the vendors and we always see a, a big increase at this time of year especially in Scotland and you know it does get cold and it, it tends to stay cold so and if you're trying to heat a home that's got maybe three or four children in it or you know a couple of adults I mean the energy goes in really really quickly and with the cost of it it's it just it's really hard for them. 
I'm now on just off our Gale Street with Brigitte, who works with The Big Issue. Hi there, how are you? Hi, I'm okay. How are you? Good, yeah. If anyone can hear any singing in the background, it's a very loud busker that you've been stood next to. So can you just tell us a little bit about your story and how you ended up with The Big Issue? Yes, of course. Uh, my name is Brigitte. I am married. I have two boys. I come here in the Glasgow more than eight years. I sell my magazine for more than six years, I think. Yeah, my uh, first pitch was uh, TJU's, but that one is smooth, um, and I prefer uh, Marcus Spencer no far away from usually spot where I am. Uh, I am happy with that. All my customers when see me, oh, Brigitta, you are here, okay. Because usually I go a couple of months at home, and uh, when I am not here, the people told me, you are missing from here, where where you been? So how did you find out about the big issue? Yeah, uh, I find the big issue um, when I come here, I mean, uh, eight years ago, I tried to looking a job, but I don't have, uh, you know, too many, I need CV, I need, because I was first time here, I don't know about, you know, Glasgow, how, but uh, one friend told me about the big issue and I was happy with that and I just go through there and uh, I just start to sell the magazine from the big issue. So can you tell us a bit about a normal day for you and obviously you've got some regular customers? Uh, yes, of course. My regular day is Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, and in the end of the week, uh, some customers might maybe not come in the town because the weather is raining or is very heavy, you know, and prefer just come in Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday at me to see me. And uh, yeah, I have lots of them who love me and buy my magazine. And um, what about Christmas? How is it selling the magazine at Christmas? Yeah, in the uh, time of the Christmas, we'll be very busy, I think, and uh, sell more magazine because um, popular, you know, I don't know. And um, yeah, because I have too many customers, I think will be great for me. So what kind of a difference is working for the big issue made for you? I just like when I find the big issue really help that things because I don't, in that time I don't know what to do and the big issue helped me really to find something and to be okay from me and my boys and I support that, yeah. And can you tell us about Christmas for you personally? Yeah, in time of the Christmas, um, me and my family, I think I will be together and I uh, will have a dinner. I, uh, I will be with my kids, uh, with my husband, my mom, um, just a dinner in the family and I will enjoy with that. Yeah, and the, spe the specifically uh, food f uh, for me will be a pork. Is my traditional, uh, I mean, from Romania, and uh, I am happy with that because here, Simazvel, I find that kind of food. And finally, what would you say to anyone who's thinking of supporting a charity this Christmas? Uh, just to be kind. I think that is more important, and uh, don't ju judge the people, you know, because you never know her story, and just to be kind. <laughs> Thank you very much, and have Thank a good Christmas. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> You can find out more about the great work of The Big Issue, subscribe or provide your support in other ways by going to bigissue.com. 
Thanks to all my guests on the first of our Christmas specials. Part two, which will be out in a fortnight, has lots more Christmas gift ideas, plus what it's like to have Christmas dinner in a restaurant, tips for your Christmas cocktail making, and producer Kelly and I chat Christmas food and drink traditions. Thanks to everyone for being guests on this episode and thanks to you too for listening. Please remember to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss an episode of Scran. Scran is a logical podcast that's co-produced and hosted by me, Rosalind Erskine, and co-produced, edited and mixed by Kelly Crichton.